Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, that you are a God who works in all areas of our lives. And I pray, Lord, today that as we learn more about you, your plan, and how your kingdom is working in this world, that we would see that as good and we would see it as for our benefit. So, Lord, uh, guide and lead us today as we learn more about your red letters, uh, the teaching that you give us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember being uh, a couple years removed from college, and I received a message on Facebook from somebody that I went to high school with. Let me see. Can I get this up here? This isn't connected here, Justin. It is? All right. Let's start over. All right. Uh, So I remember uh, being in uh, a couple years removed from from college. Somebody reached out to me uh, that I went to high school with, and uh, they sent me a message on Facebook. We were friends on Facebook. It just came up through that little message system, and it just simply said, hey, Dave, how are you? And uh, I was like, "Uh, fine. How are you? And uh, and small talk ensued, and I was kind of suspicious about, like, why we were talking and things like that, but the conversation just kept going and we were kind of catching up on some things that had happened from high school and all this sorts of stuff. And, and then this person asked me like, hey, I was wondering if we could uh, just kind of talk on the phone for a little bit. And I thought that because I had been sharing about how I was this very different person than I was in high school and now I was working in a church and things like that, that this person wanted to hear more about me and how I got to that place. And I was like, maybe they were thinking that, hey, they want to know more about Jesus and such things like that. Well, then the phone call came a couple days later and uh, this was not the content or this was not what we talked about at all. In fact, after just giving our like brief hello, how are you, kind of catching up, it then turned into a conversation about an amazing business opportunity that I could be a part of. You know what I'm talking about, right? And what I thought was something that was going to be for me ended up turning into something that they wanted from me. To be very specific, all they really wanted from me was my money. And honestly, from that conversation, I still to this day do not remember what they were trying to sell me, get me to buy into, or even to promote. Because the second the conversation went that way, I was like, man, I got to get out of this conversation. You've been there before, right? Like, I don't even hear what you're saying. I'm just trying to figure out how to get out of this conversation. Well, today we're continuing on in our red letter challenge. And if you are perceptive, you're bold in coming to church today. Because as we look forward, and maybe you started to hear from the scripture reading that we read, we are at week number, what is this, four, and we are talking about giving. 
And this certainly is something that uh, brings all kinds of negative connotations in all kinds of things. So I figured that we would begin with a little small talk. How are you today? Maybe we can have a phone conversation later. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's not what this is to be. I, I want to be absolutely honest with this. Because I'm fully aware of the dynamic here. I am fully aware that as the pastor of this church, I am telling you to give to God, which in real time goes to paying my salary. I, I get this. So let's call a spade a spade what it is. And let's be honest of what this actually is. Because I also know that this can be very awkward too. Like I'm the only one who's talking right now. This isn't a conversation. You are listening. But I've been in your seat before. I know what that's like. And I've sat through some sermons before where I was like, really? This is how this conversation is going to go. One, for example, there was a pastor that I met one time who talked about uh, how he had people on his prayer list. This is a true story. And his prayer list meant that uh, if you were on that list, you were a member of his church, and he would show up to your house and say, hey, I'm here. I just want to figure out how you're doing today. Is everything okay? And that person would go and say, yeah, I mean, everything's kind of fine and all sorts of stuff. And then that was the cue for the pastor to be like, well, according to my records, by the amount that you're giving, it seems that you are living below the poverty line and I'm here to help you out. And if that creeps you out, that's not what we're here to do today. And unfortunately for some, this has been what giving really looks like inside of the church. I'm not here today to raise money for our building or to try to get an airplane so I can travel somewhere. That's not why I'm here and talking about this. And today I hope you would see the heart of what Jesus is talking about when it comes to giving. Because Jesus really does talk about money. And Jesus is willing to acknowledge that it is very influential in your life, in my life as well, in good and in bad ways. And I've also heard some pastors say things like, well, I'm not afraid of talking about this subject. In fact, I have honest conversations with my congregation all the time. I'll be honest, this is not one of my favorite conversations. I, I don't enjoy having this talk. And the reason I don't enjoy having this talk is this. It's because I know of people who won't go to church because they think the church is all about getting your money. I, I know people who, who will reject the greatest news that this world has ever heard because they think that it's only about money. They've heard the church just pass the offering plate one more time to try to get that last penny out of your pocket. Or why in the world does the church even get a cent from me? So today, my hope is this. I'm going to try to be better than my friend on Facebook. And I certainly want to be better than 
the pastor who's got a prayer list. I want us to look at the teaching of Jesus and to look at the principle, the red letters that Jesus talks about when it comes to giving. These two big things are at play. We see first that God is generous, so we should be generous. And that this topic of giving is more about what God wants for you, less than what he wants from you. It's known that in, uh, in Jesus' teaching, he talks about money 34 times. In, in the four gospels that we read about Jesus' life, 11 of the 39 parables, the teachings of Jesus, are about money. And what's interesting is that Jesus doesn't change his tone based on his audience. What I mean by that is whether rich or poor, the people who are in front of him, he's consistent in his message. And one of my favorite places to look is in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Because in that place, Jesus gives three challenging principles. Three beautiful things for us to wrestle with as a community of believers. And I believe that he is teaching us in this Sermon on the Mount about turning to God and his loving provision in the midst of the life that we live. So let's go there in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. Jesus begins. He says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I love that statement. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is such an interesting teaching of Jesus because I believe it's absolutely backwards as to how we operate as people. What Jesus is getting at is this simple little principle. We got creative in the McGinley household this week. My daughter made this for me. Nice little construction project. All right. Imagine your heart and what Jesus is saying is attached to your money. Your treasure. And what what Jesus is saying here, or rather what our world typically says, is that our heart leads us and then our money follows with it. For example, what are we on? Like the iPhone 11X or something like that? What are we on, right? So like my heart really wants to like check out that new camera and it takes pictures in dark, right? Like this is pretty awesome. And we think that if my heart is there, then my money will ultimately follow. But this principle just doesn't really make sense. Sure, maybe for an iPhone 11, But I know for a fact on Thursday when it was snowing, Gretchen and I woke up and we're like, man, we need to move out of Chicago and get an island in the Caribbean, right? That's where my heart was. And unless this sermon goes really well today, chances are that the money is not going to follow, right? See, what Jesus is saying here is so profound. He's saying that this principle doesn't make any sense. In fact, he says it goes the opposite way. He says, where your treasure is, your heart will follow. Where where you put your money, your heart seems to follow. Think about this. 
I remember purchasing our first home in Knoxville, Tennessee. I put a good, we put a good amount of money into this home. It is this junky little home in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we put a lot of money into that little place. And every time when we go back there and we see it, our heart is there. Because where our treasure goes, our heart will follow. It's why when you go to like a sporting event or you pay money to get into something and your team doesn't perform, you get mad, right? Because you invested some money. I paid for these seats. Your heart follows where your treasure goes. It's why when you're at the game and the team wins, you say, we did it. (laughs) Because you put some money into it And you're like, I contributed to this atmosphere that really affected the game. It's why you love your car so much. Even though it's kind of a piece of junk. You've invested money into it and therefore your heart follows in the process. And so what Jesus is getting to here is something that's absolutely profound. He says, for all of time... This principle is at play. Your treasure will lead you to a place of where your heart will follow. So I believe this. If you care about your health, it's not a matter of that my heart needs to be there first and then my money will follow. What if it actually meant that I'm going to invest some money into my health and then my heart will follow? If you care about your friendships, it's not that my heart goes first. No, it's that my, my money goes there and my heart follows. And I believe this principle is true as well in our relationship with God. That when we invest, that then we also realize that our heart will follow in the process. But But Jesus continues here. He continues in this teaching about money. He says this. He says simply in Matthew 6, 22 through 23, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? What does Jesus mean here that the eye is the lamp of the body? For some, when you hear that, there's, there's a lot of argument around this text that some would say, well, he's looking at like this is inner, inside of us, that this is revealing what's inside of us. But, but really what Jesus is talking about is something greater and deeper than that. He's saying that your eye is the lamp of how you see the world. It is the guide that you have in this life. Remember, he's still talking about money here. He's still talking about our treasure. He's saying your eye will, will be the light that will illuminate where you are going. See, on surface level, we think that this is just about revealing what's inside of us. But what Jesus is pointing to is that this affects our money and our giving affects how we view this world and the people around us. 
It's not just about us. It changes how we view the things that are around us as well. And when we're not healthy in this, let me say it this way. I was so convicted by this. And, and I hope this conviction hits you in a way too. That when I actually look at the money that I spend and I see, does that all go to just me? It, 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 am I just only, only giving to things that eventually are for my benefit? That becomes really challenging. And Jesus is saying that, that the way that we give also affects how we look at this world and will guide us in our lives. So maybe the next question after that is, are you, are you frustrated with where life has led you? Are you frustrated by the place of where you are right now? Maybe one of the places to begin to look is to say, well, where is my money leading me to? Is it just leading to myself or to my own destruction? Or is it leading to a blessing and benefit of others? Because our giving will affect how you view life and how you view other people. And, and Jesus continues the third paragraph here in this teaching. He says this, that no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Uh, Jesus says here that you cannot serve two masters. A more modern example for us would be Jesus is saying you cannot have multiple bosses. I remember in the summertime when I was in college that I was just trying to like make money, right? Get ready for the school year. And one summer, I had four different jobs. I delivered pizza. I handed out phone books, which probably doesn't exist anymore. I, um, I worked at a church uh, on an internship and I did sports camps. And it led for a, like a really tough summer. Because I was constantly having to juggle, all right, which one of these four gets priority? And if you've ever been in an employment situation where you have multiple bosses or the boss and then really that person's the boss, you know that this is dysfunctional. Jesus just pointed out a simple principle. You can't have multiple bosses. And, and imagine if your life were to be ruled by money. Imagine if money was your boss. It was the only thing that you were living for. I think it would be very easy to see that that would lead us into a place of destruction. It would lead us into a place of just constantly wanting more and more and more for the purpose of then giving it away to get more stuff. Jesus is saying that this in and of itself is not a good boss. Money can't be the reason that you live and be and exist. Uh, there's a great book by 
a woman named Lynn Twist. And she wrote this book called The Soul of Money. And I love this quote. She says this, money only has the power we assign it. And we have assigned it immense power. Anybody like resonate with that? Money only has the amount of power that we give it. This is just straight paper. But we as a people, especially inside of our society and culture, have given it so much power. In this book by Lynn Twist, The Soul of Money, she she works for an organization um, that is seeking to eradicate hunger and such things like that. And it's really her memoir of traveling the world. And, and in the book, um, she travels to some of the poorest regions and, and some of the, the most elite uh, or richest regions. And, and this hadn't dawned on me until I was reading the book. Like she went to a village where the people literally do not have any currency. They don't have money. And it's not that they're poor. It's that they live in an area and region where a community of people can exist without money. Think about this for a second. What she's saying is that money is something that we have made. It's a human-made thing. And this community of people would just work together as a community. And what Jesus is getting to, and I think ultimately what Lynn will point out to, is that money can become a huge God in our lives. And we can assign so much power to it. But it really is a terrible God. You're never gonna get enough of it. You're always gonna be wanting more. And when you think that that next material item or thing will give you life and purpose, it really won't. In fact, Like I said before, Jesus would be consistent in his message. The statement, you cannot serve two masters, money and God, is found in Matthew chapter 6. And the context of the people there is generally probably a pretty poor group of people, people that did not have much. But we also see this exact same statement in Luke chapter 16, where Jesus is speaking to an elite religious group of people, a people that have a ton of money. He's saying you cannot serve both. That money in and of itself becomes a terrible God. Because money does come and go. The reality is you're created for way more than accumulating more paper. And the the fact is the most beautiful things in life aren't purchased by money. The most beautiful things in life aren't purchased by money. You cannot serve two masters. Money is a terrible God. So so what what makes Jesus a better God? What makes him like better than than money. <laughs> well, first off, I think I think Jesus understands that real value comes as a gift. Real value comes out of generosity. 
real love for others comes with a generous life that does not just think about me, but thinks about others as we live and move and be. And there is no denying the fact that when we look at the God of the Bible, Jesus himself, he was beyond generous. One who gave his life up. And it wasn't some free thing. It cost him his life. God being so generous that he would die on a cross, rise again from the dead, and give life eternal for those who believe and trust in him. This is who our God is is one who is incredibly generous. But here's the thing. I get it. I can tell by the temperament in this room that there's probably a million questions running through your head like, oh, pastor, that's so simple to say. You don't understand the complexity of my situation. I've got some really big questions about big things in my life. I want to take maybe just three questions that maybe you're asking right now. The first one that might come is simply this. Like, well, really, how much do I have to give? How do I get God off of my back, maybe, in a sense, right? And, and here at our church, I, I don't really see this as matter of trying to get God off of our back. We read in scripture and something that we've talked about here multiple times is this idea of a generosity ladder. And I believe that this is something that we grow in. This is something that as a church we desire to grow in, in in our discipleship. And so maybe for you today that's just a matter of I've never given to a church and I've just got to give something. And that's a huge step to celebrate. Maybe that's to this occasional place or intentional or becoming a tither. I would say that tithing is something that we see in the Bible. Jesus doesn't say that you're going to give everything right away, but that we give a portion back to God because we say that even the life that I have is devoted to you. Now, maybe another question would become this or would come from this is, do I have to give it all to the church? What about other organizations that are going to good causes? I know for the fact that in our day and age, you are just flooded with another opportunity to give to something and to give to an organization and that this goes to some great benefit and something. I mean, I remember the days of like when Tom's shoes first came out. You remember these things? And I bought them because they look cool. But also I justified it to say, well, it was going to bless somebody else. And, and I think that in the midst of a world that is constantly asking of more of your money, my question to you would be simply this. Where does the church fit in to this? The place that desires to teach you about a God who says that your life is more than money. Where does the church fall in, in the midst of your giving? Or maybe the last question is simply this. 
Pastor Dave, I can't even pay my bills. What makes you think I can give to your church? This becomes really challenging. This becomes really difficult because we sometimes have set up a lifestyle for us that we're like, man, I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I'm trying to make it happen. I guess my first question that I would ask to you, if this is where you're at, and if this is where you're at, man, I would love to sit down and talk. But I would ask, how can you not, how can you be careful to not allow your money, your life to be consumed by money? How can you be careful to not allow your life to be consumed by money? And I know that that can be really challenging. Maybe that comes with some assistance to say, how can I have somebody walk with me in this? I get that this conversation is challenging of Jesus. Like I said, this isn't my favorite thing to talk about. But I know when I look at this section of scripture, I see that that Jesus really is teaching us that money is a terrible God, that it will affect how you look at life and others, and your heart will go where your money goes. Oftentimes when people talk on these passages, they'll say something like, well, this is the one thing that Jesus talked about the most. It's as if he had to repeat often about money. So the church needs to talk more and more about money. This isn't the most by content thing that Jesus talked about. The thing that Jesus talked about the most was the kingdom of God. And, and when he's talking about the kingdom of God, He's talking about a kingdom that isn't some safety net for when you die. He's talking about how to live in this world right now in this place. I hope that you would hear today the freedom that Jesus talks about when it comes to giving. And that how it influences us. And may we never forget about our generous God who wants something for us more than something from us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks into so many parts of our lives. I know that our conversation around money becomes challenging and difficult to hear at times. I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't see this as something to withhold the great news that you give. One that comes with your generosity first. So God, I just, I pray that we would see your heart. I pray that we wouldn't fall into temptation to give money more power than what our world and our culture can give it. And may we May we see your heart in all of us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.